amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. This thing right here is for my people's in the streets. Yes, yes, today. Yes, yes, today. You know, as we start this show, this one might be. There is a pause throughout the stadium as this man sounds like he just coughed up a lung. Just looking around, the jumbotron shows and pans the cheerleaders, and as it goes down each cheerleader's face, each one breaks up into laughter, which at this particular time destroys half the stadium. The other half is still trying to figure out what the hell just happened. Does this guy need... Uh, CPR or something And then at that particular time I lost it <laughs> Devon Yes, yes, yes Today Phoenix is another place They got a great uh, training staff I mean they, they were able to breathe life back into Shaq And you can do that you know, People talk a lot about their <laughs> training staff Love, Yes, yes, today you know, as we start this show, this one mic. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Welcome to one mic. Yes, yes, we'll continue to be here in the dog days of summer, but it's been interrupted. By our great ladies from the WNBA who have have lifted their voice, and the league has responded. We got NFL training camps opening up. I think we got about sixty thousand up in in Green Bay for family night. It's getting hot. Oxnard, California, got the Cowboys over there doing their thing. We got the Rams in their new home outside of LA. And they had, what, about 10,000 people at practice yesterday, energy in there today. It's getting crazy. The Olympics are around the corner, and then we got Donald Trump. We won't talk about him tonight. <laughs> but welcome welcome to One Mike with my man Hank and, and myself. And we thank you for being here with us and blessing us uh, uh, here on our podcast. Uh, if you're listening to us on iTunes, please take a minute, go over there and listen to us and and give us a little rating. Hope you can give us a five and some feedback. We're just trying to make it happen. We're trying to do it for the people, uh, and we love it. We're here on the Blog Talk Radio Airways, brought to you by Blog Talk Radio. And uh, it just feels good to be here, and I'm here with my guy, Hank. How you doing tonight? Hey, man, I feel great. We're in the dog days of summer. You know, things are starting to heat up. You know, it's been hot. It's been a real hot summer, and it's only going to get hotter. And you know what, to, to coin a phrase from the great Donald Trump, only we can make this show great. 
<laughs> oh man! I mean, we could probably spend an hour and a half on the uh, two uh, two conventions. I, I was watching that stuff like must see must see TV. But we got another must see. It must be that hot because Draymond showing more than he should show. I know you and I both being from the state of Michigan, it was crazy for us to see our our fellow Michigan native out there showing it all, talking about he pressed the wrong button. But a bigger issue, we might not get too much into that, but what is going on with this young man? You and I were talking about off the air. Man, I don't – Draymond, is he like ever since he kicked your boy uh, in his uh, uh, untouchables, it's just been a slippery slope all the way for him, all the way through the finals and out the door fighting with folks up in Lansing, fighting with a Michigan football uh, – Michigan State – football player, you know, it's like, what are, you, what are you doing back in Lansing fighting folks? And then this. And uh, watching the day on, uh, 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 on the uh, U.S. Uh, on the national team, we struggling a little bit. Where did it all go wrong? It was all good just a year ago. You know what? I, 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 the thing is about Draymond Green, and for all the goodwill that he did last year, and going into this year's playoffs, you've been you you've got to if you just unless you're just not paying attention, you're starting to see a very disturbing pattern. It started on the floor with some pretty bad fouls. He started to all of a sudden get a reputation of being a dirty player. Then all of a sudden that started to spill over out into off the court. Like as you mentioned with the incident, you know, with the Michigan State uh, football player, a Michigan State football player, a, an alumnus of Michigan State, which is Draymond Green, and a current player, all right, out there clowning in, 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 uh, at a club, and he just loses his mind on him. And now you've got this Snapchat. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on with him. Again, I don't know if this is uh, uh, all of a sudden he decided to come back home and do some goodwill and got a hold of some bad Flint water, and now he's lost his mind. I don't know what's going on with him. But I can tell you right now that he's starting to get attention drawn to himself, which is not very good. You know, uh, it's going to start costing him some money. It's going to start costing him whatever reputation he's got left. I don't know. But uh, I will say this, that I would be remiss if I didn't get me a dig in. But, see, this is what happens when you got that Michigan State education. All of a sudden you start losing your mind a little bit. <laughs> You know, that's what happens. You know, they keep on talking about that red cedar. They must be smoking that red cedar. <laughs> See, if we, those of you who don't know, you know, uh, Hank is, is is firmly got firm footing down there in that other that other university in the state with the winged helmet. So you know, he go gonna blue. put he gonna put a dig in on Mr. to go blue. I will give you that one. Blue. It's been a great. <laughs> it's been a great summer. It's been a great summer, man. And, um, you know, aside from politics, we're beginning to see, um, you know, here in recent uh, weeks, um, in in beginning, I mean, it's been happening a lot, but really when you think about, um, I think you and I touched on this a little bit when LeBron and and the guys did their thing opening up to ESPY. Um, Then you see, uh, which I think is, you know, even more impressive um, is what's happening with the, the women in the WNBA, uh, which ended up getting them fined. And a lot of folks were saying, well, why did they get fined? And then when the stuff happening with Sterling or um, 
Trayvon that the NBA players get fined. Well, the NBA sent a letter out to like a cease to <laughs> kind of letter, cease to behavior kind of letter, and the players stopped in the NBA. Uh, they sent the same letter to the women, and they kept going. And I, I like the fact that they kept going um, and mm-hmm. were uniting their message um, and doing it. Um, and then Michael Jordan comes out um, and uh, communicates, you know, for the first time really taking a public stance. And he got some criticism from some cats in the media. People kill me. First people say, well, you know, Mike, Mike isn't political enough. Mike comes out, makes a stance, tries to figure out how he could support even through donations and things to get things done, and folks still criticize. You know, right. I, I, I can't get into that. But, but, but Mike does what Mike can do on this. And so you see Mike doing this. Hank, are you, are you seeing this kind of bubbling up and, um, and, and happening, and particularly with the, the women in the WNBA? What was your reaction to that? Well, see, I thought there was a little bit of hypocrisy there because, see, when the when the women wore the shirts to, you know, uh, draw awareness to violence during the Orlando crisis, you know, the, there was there was applause there, and then when they did it for this particular case, all of a sudden they're being fined. Now, listen, I think that you know, athletes, entertainers, they've got an amazing platform to draw awareness to this sort of thing, you know. Uh, you know, albeit for me to give Michael Jordan any sort of credit, but I think that you know, if you this this is the you have that platform, you have that opportunity to do that, and you should do that. You should draw awareness. Now, I think that what what happens is you start getting these uh, the front offices of these institutions of, of these uh, organizations, and they start getting nervous because all they see is dollar signs. And they don't want to alienate anybody who's going to spend their hard-earned money on their product, especially when you're talking about something like the WNBA, you know, when you've only got a, a niche of the population that's going to those games in the first place. The last thing you want to do is make that political. You've got a little bit more wiggle room with the NBA. You've got a lot of people who could care less whether you take a political stance or not. I'm going to watch my professional basketball. So I understand where they're coming from from a business perspective, but I think that, you know, when you are going to, if you're going, it's either going to be all or nothing. You can't sit here and have them support one cause and you're okay with it and not support another. But while we're on this topic, I think that what Michael Jordan said made more sense. I can't believe I'm giving him any credit. But anyway, um, because <laughs> it's about the totality of the violence, you know, with, with law enforcement as well as with, with, with young black men that the whole thing needs to stop and that we need to be a better society to 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 make that happen. I agree with that when you that you can use your whole brain and not like everything that's going on, much less try to take sides. And I think that what happens is, you know, like I said, with a niche sport like the WNBA, those folks are scared to death is that the the fan base that they got, they don't want to upset them in any shape, fashion or form. You know, and I think, you know, what's interesting about uh, this, and I, I agree, I think Michael, you know, for what he can do, I think he was right on on track. It was actually uh, interesting. Uh, we had a community service with the, all the pastors here uh, in my home area where I go, and the pastor who was leading the sermon today was talking about us against them. He said mm-hmm. it's always us against them. And his message was that um, – Spiritually, it's always been about all of us, but we create this this dichotomy of us against them. And what I thought right. was beautiful about 
the message for the, the women in the WNBA, particularly in Minnesota, uh, Lynx women, that they were about, it, it wasn't about us against them. In fact, in their shirts, they recognized the lost lives, but law enforcement and the lost lives of, of, of young black men. And mm-hmm. as a, a understanding that this is a community problem. And to have the officers who were there react and some walk away was, was, was interesting in terms of people being able to hold, uphold their responsibility in a place. Like regardless of how you feel, you have a duty as a public servant to stay where you're at. And so right. they had a message that was really about everybody in a sense, mm-hmm. recognizing the loss on both sides. And so I, I love and I love the fact that you see in that kind of nuancing and that kind of thought around it in a short period of time, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, the turnaround wasn't fast, you know what I'm saying? It was, they had, they had thought this out and done it. Um, and then, you know, at all the press conferences, use their platform to continue to talk about it. wasn't going to answer the questions about the game. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we always say, you know, we have this project uh, that I worked on with my, my advisor um, around this concept of, what happens beyond the game. Um, and we always are asking athletes to do this. And when they demonstrate these things, we are like, well, just give us your sports. And the, the hypocrisy around that, you know, we criticize them when they don't do it. Then when they do it, you criticize, just give me your basketball. And right. I, I'm glad that, they, like you said, they're continuing to use these platforms and um, to keep it out in front of people because this is a serious issue. You know, it's serious when, you know, men like you and I who have gone to school, done everything right, and we still got to drive down the street with our ID on the dashboard. That can't happen. No. So we've got to figure out, um, and I have friends who are law enforcement. I have mentors who are law enforcement people who who, who were playing basketball with me when I was in college. And so, you know, I'm looking at this uh, in a hope. But but if you have a platform, as we always have here on Real Sports Guys, we're going to use it. Um, to to improve humanity. So uh, all all ups to everybody who is keeping this conversation alive because it's important. Because at least the people are doing it. Because it appears that our politicians aren't. So it's going right. to be up to us. To, to, to talk right. about see, these What people fail to realize too is that you know you can't expect the politicians. The politicians don't live in your community. The politicians no, don't, don't live down. You know the politicians don't live in Minnesota, or they, and if they do, they don't live in the part that you live in, okay? And so what you have to understand that, you know, especially on this thing, is that there are a lot of people, okay, black, white, all all different colors, that have that know somebody who knows somebody who's in law enforcement, okay? This is why this is not just a, uh, a us versus them sort of thing. You know, what if, what if, you know, you got a situation that happens, but, your brother-in-law or your cousin or your nephew or somebody is a, is, is a police officer, is a detective, okay, or, or your wife or your husband. This hits home, okay. Let's say you're, let's mm-hmm. say you're of color in this country and something like happens and, and, and uh, someone that's close to you is law enforcement. That's, that, that rips the whole family apart. So this is what people need to understand. This is not, it does not have to be an us versus them. It should not be an us versus them in 2016, but it is a problem. It is an epidemic. It has gone on for a long time, and people need to be made aware. Social media has made it out there so everybody who didn't think it was a problem is now out there for you to see. It's something that people in the black community can tell you has been going on forever. And now, you know, and, and cops get killed all the time. And now 
We need to, as a people, as one people, figure out a way to solve it. So I applaud anybody who has the platform to be able to bring awareness to it, and now it becomes the long, tedious uh, um, issue of trying to get it resolved and as soon as possible. Well, you know, Speaker of the House Ryan, I think, lived about five minutes from me. He was just around the, around the block at the at the uh, uh, Rock County Fair. I should have walked down there and talked to him. Uh, you know, I've been in his office before, you know. So we, we also need to step into the office and have a conversation um, with these folks so that uh, they can understand how important it is uh, on the ground. But, you know, this exactly. is what you're going to get on the Real Sports Guys. I just want you all to know that. When we come back, when we come back, we're going to get into some NFL, spring training, free agency. We're going to get into some NFL talk. And you, 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 you know Hank got something to say about it. When we come back, we're going we gonna, to we gonna talk some of that stuff and, and have a little little fun with that. But, you know, uh, right now I'm going to hit some stuff that, you know, ain't no half-stepping.
camp is opening uh, up in Green Bay. We got, I think, 70,000 people at family night. Um, the Rams opened up in their new home in L.A. Practice yesterday, I think they had about 10,000 people probably again. Today they said it was like, you know, a, a, it was like a concert, music going, people excited, cheering. Um, you know, football season is here. Uh, but we had a lot of stuff happen up until this point, you know. Um, uh, you know, we had uh, Brown in Pittsburgh, people thinking he's going out, he came to camp. Uh, Rooney's going to try and get a deal. Uh, we got some stuff happening down there in Texas um, uh, with their top uh, receiver who thought he was going to get a new deal. Um, and uh, then you have some movement um, happen around. And, you know, and a lot of times it's not the big moves, but it's the small moves. But, you know, it kind of kicked off with Bradford thinking he was going to squeeze the Eagles and ended up coming back having to, <laughs> having to uh, lick his wounds um, and, 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 and take the deal he could get. Um, and uh, you have a couple other quarterbacks who um, uh, didn't do what they need to do. And, and then Denver – you know, pretty much didn't get what they needed in free agency and ended up with Sanchez and um, possibly, um, you know, uh, might have, you know, you're not really sure who's going to be there for starting day. So, free, you know, free agency has been kind of wild in the NFL. Hank, you've been kind of looking at this. You know, what what um, what have you noticed in the free agency uh, uh, season and what um, what are the things that have kind of piqued your interest? Well, I'll tell you what, you know, obviously when you look at this free agent, um, not free agent, when you see uh, the spring, uh, practice starting, uh, preseason starting, you can tell that the uh, in the, the NFL is a, is, a, is a different animal than it was in the past. You know, um, mm-hmm. they get, get to the point where these guys are holding out and they're coming to camp. They're not getting any deals. They're not getting the deals they want, you know, so I, that's what I, that's what I'm starting to see is like we're not going to just pay you because guys. Are, first of all, you think about the guys that that retired even before uh, preseason started. All right, that they, they that was done. You, you're going into the season without a Marshawn Lynch. You're going in with a couple other folks. J.J. Watt's not going to be ready when the season starts. You know, but but I just want to kind of touch upon what you just said about Denver. Denver ought to be ashamed of themselves. Okay. Denver ought to be ashamed of themselves. They're going into the season knowing that uh, that that Manning was going to retire, that they were going to have a hard time. Uh, what's the young man that they had? He, he they didn't sign him back. Um, Osweiler. 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 Okay. They need to be on that. Okay. Anytime the Sanchez is one of your quarterbacks, you're in trouble. If they were going to do that, they would have been better suited to draft them a quarterback. They're going in. That that is that is a situation right there. That is a problem. Okay. So um, and, and bring again, bring the memory to me again, uh, D. Uh, one quarterback was released, asked to be traded. Uh, was it was it uh, Foles? Foles. Well, you got Foles who's who's struggling with. You know, Foles is a is a long line of these quarterbacks who ate on a short leash, went got paid. Realized that, um, you know, he wasn't doing that well. They go out and get a, uh, uh, they go out and get a first round quarterback, and then he mad that they got a first round quarterback. Like, like people, yeah. it's fools go. So foes, yeah. foes want to be released. Now, what's, what's going to happen with? Him? Well, see, that's the thing. If they're going, they, they, from what I understand, the team granted him his release. He needs to get a, yes. a flight out to Denver yesterday. And see if he can't, re, you know, get his get his uh, 
career back together. Denver is in it for for a defending Super Bowl champion to go in with that situation and not try to draft or move up and draft their next quarterback. That 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 to me is 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 astonishing. Okay, it, it just really is. Now I'm pretty sure we're real early into this, and they're going to have to figure out what they got. But it, from what you see on that roster, it don't look. If I'm a Denver fan, I'm like, well, I'm glad we won last year. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, you sit there with you know Nick Foles, you know, asking the Rams to cut him because they they uh, they drafted uh, uh, golf, and you got to think you go, you go like, well, you didn't give him anything to to cheer about, and so it's like you got a flated ego, and you can't beat out this rookie. It's well, like I, you, you know, I, I don't know what. But let me ask you this now, and that that just speaks to his own uh, insecurity. But let me ask you this: Wouldn't you have at least, wouldn't you have at least made a play for Colin Kaepernick? I mean, you've got you've got a dumpster fire in San Francisco right now. Wouldn't you have at least? That's a, he's still very young. You've got you know uh, a, a very good coaching staff, a quarterback coaching staff, or that Kubiak is still over there. Wouldn't you have at least made a play for him? If you're Denver? Yeah, I was surprised they didn't get Kaepernick. I, I wonder, I mean, I have to look back at it. I wonder if they were asking for too much money or too much, I mean, too much in return for the trade. Because I mean, I, I, be I guess because, what I, I look mean, at, though, is – go ahead. I'm sorry. You no, know, I, I think you're right on. I mean, that or RG3, I mean, you got to look at something that's better than the Sanchez. I mean, I think he's going to do – they'll that, find a way to well, make him look good. the thing about RG3, though, RG3 – um, he, he, the jury is out, okay? The jury is out because, and, and, and quite frankly, I don't think it's all his fault, all right? I, just, I don't yeah. think that he got the best, you know, in, in what he needed to really develop in Washington. But that being said, you have a, you got a player in a Colin Kaepernick that it did at least lead a team to the Super Bowl. And, you know, yeah. so you, you, you get him with some folks who know what they're doing, he might can recapture something. He's still a very young quarterback. I'm, I'm just, I'm stunned by that whole set of circumstances. Especially with the Kubiak, especially with the Kubiak running game. He exactly. I'm, I'm stunned with that. Well, yeah, I, mean, I don't know what. Boots, yeah. I mean, who could, who could you have asked for? You won, a, you won the Super Bowl. If you gave away draft picks, they weren't going to be, um, they, they weren't going to be, uh, probably wouldn't going to impact the team that much this year anyway. So go get your quarterback so you can at least compete. I don't see them competing. They're not going to make the playoffs with that crew they got. Yeah, and they got an inflated defense that, you know, one thing about defense, man, if you get too overconfident, it's, it's a great thing about confidence, but overconfidence is dangerous. Even when you think about mm-hmm. Seattle, Seattle was dominant for Bennett, but they got overconfident. They weren't as dominant last year. They were still good, but I didn't feel like they were. nobody was scared of them. Well, again, they, did, they they lost a couple of players. And this is what people fail to realize. You 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 play football. That team chemistry is a son of a gun. You got to have team chemistry on your on your defensive front. You got to have team chemistry in your secondary. You got to have team chemistry in your in your linebacking court. And you got to have overall team chemistry. So you take a few of those pieces away and think you're just going to plug in something else and just scheme that daylight out of something. Well, in the NFL – when you see the same thing every year, 
Okay, you can scheme against that. Okay, I don't have so-and-so in the spot that I had there last year. I can beat this man where I couldn't beat the guy last year, you know. So that's what that's all about. And then you don't have a Marshawn Lynch, you're talking about Seattle, who wasn't healthy all year. And beast mode meant a lot to that running game, all right. And then also your your passing game for for Russell Wilson wasn't as potent or wasn't was nearly as potent as it was the year they went to the Super Bowl. All those things make a difference. They make a difference. You you know, so when you're looking at this whole thing, you look you and you're right. So you think they're gonna rely upon that defense, but if it's not the same defense and if they're on the field more because your offense ain't giving you nothing, that's gonna wear out in a very grueling sixteen game NFL season. And, you know, one thing, I love you saying chemistry. I always hear people in the media like, there's no such thing as chemistry. I'm like, you, you never played sports. Like, never. you've already just told me you never played sports. Never. Because, it, you, or if you play, you never play on a championship team. It's like, you just, you have, you, if you just said there's no thing, such thing as chemistry, then I'm like, you never really played sports, did you? You went, you went no. to, you were, you were a sports journalist, but you may have played intramural. Y'all didn't win. You didn't play sports, but I'm glad you talk about it because I think I think it's it's underestimated even when these these GMs and folks are making moves. It's 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 that if you don't chemistry is everything from locker room policing. Thank you. It's the cats who keep you loose on the plane. It's the it's the it's the leaders who check in on a young guy who's doing that. It's the folks who get out there in a the pressure moment and able to release the pressure and say, hey, we got this. It's all those little things that that help you through those moments that give you a sense that that other person's got your back no matter what, that you can rely on, you can execute, know they got you. It's all that stuff, and I'm, so I'm glad you – and I think sometimes even teams, these GMs, a lot of these GMs, that's the downside of having these GMs who came from business school and not to you, <laughs> business right. school but didn't do it on the grid line uh, at Michigan because – you can do all the analytics in the world, but if you can't see the nuances and understand how these pieces around chemistry play with the analytics, then you're missing it. You need the quantitative and the qualitative. I'm going to stop preaching. You're absolutely right. you got to be able to – I, I will always be – you can have all the stats on. I will always be – there's got to be a gut feel for somebody. Okay, there's got to be a gut feel for what's going on in the locker room, what's going on in between plays. You know, and you say if you've never played and won a championship or if you've never played and just know what that feeling is when you know that ain't nobody on that field got it today. For some reason, that it ain't there today. But we got to figure out a way to get it. And everybody feels it, all right? If you ever played, guys out there, you know, you know what that's all about. When you out there, for some reason, y'all been rolling, and all of a sudden I can't get it, you can't get it, what we going to do, fellas? What we going to do? And when you start just plugging somebody in there that ain't got that same, ain't gone through that with you, and they're like, hey, I'm just here, like 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 Marshawn said, I'm just here so I don't get fined, but they're not, but they're not producing the same thing, you can say whatever, what you want to about somebody's on-field persona. But when it, what you got in the locker room, what you got off-field, makes just as much of a difference. And like you said, I'm just going to get somebody because they had 15 sacks last year, then they come to your team and they can't get three. All right, and all of a sudden they want to blame the player. <laughs> Chemistry has a lot to do with that, Chief. You know that. That's right. And there's some sneaky moves that were made. I always like the sneaky moves. Not really sneaky, but, you know, people think, well, these guys don't have it or 
this was a move you weren't really paying attention to because a whole bunch of other stuff was happening. So I, I love the Forte move to the Jets. You know, I think with the way that they play and run the ball, I think he's going to add something there. Lamar Miller going to the Texans, um, I think is going to be a really good play. And I, you and I talked about it before. If you're talking about solidifying and getting some footing, um, you know, this is the year of believe when I like, I like Griffin uh, with Hugh Jackson. You know, I, I, it's a guy who thinks he can – he's a quarterback whisperer. He'll make it. He's not – I think part of the problem he had, uh, uh, the Griffin had, you pointed out in, in D.C. with Washington, is that um, the coaches there, both Gruden and whatever, just thought – they just wanted to beat him down and get him to do it their way. And right. he had some problems because he wasn't ready to conform. This is a kid that could have gone to law school. I mean, people forget that. That's how smart he is. I mean, he was right. he, he wasn't just playing at Baylor. He was a student at Baylor. And so that right. was inflated ego. When you get to law school, you got a certain ego about you. He'd been humbled. I think I think that's a good match uh, for him right. because I think he was so creative as a play designer and caller that I think he can really excel uh, uh, in that space. And that, that's a, there's some sneaky moves that I think have happened that I call GM moves and coach moves that are going to help some teams uh, down the line. You got Long. I think Long went to who was that with the Rams, Chris Long. Mm-hmm. I think he's up in uh, uh, with the Pats. You know, it's that right. like, and I said Belichick been working on that defense for about three or four years. The people have been talking junk. So next year his defense is going to look good. So you start to see some of those moves happening that I've really liked. I've been some moves that you've seen um, that teams have done either to retain a player or um, pick up a player that you thought was, that's a solid move. Let me tell you something. You know, you mentioned that, and there is one move that that just kind of intrigues me, and maybe it's just because it's the name, but when Anquan Bolden signed with the Detroit Lions, now, you, mm-hmm. anybody remember the old Anquan Bolden? You know, you, you're talking about an amazing receiver, but now he's thirty something years old, and basically he's coming in to uh, to to help replace Calvin Johnson. But they also had another receiver that they signed up in the off season. Okay, the receiver out of from Cincinnati. So now you've got a couple of, of very viable receivers in Detroit. I'm interested to see. What, what, this is this is to me because this is make a break for Matthew Stafford, as you know around here. You know yeah. people hate the quarterback and the goalie for the for the and the pitching staff for the professional teams. But this is a, this is going to really see if if Matthew Stafford really has what it takes to make his team better, because a lot of people said that he relied on Calvin so much. But if you talk to Calvin Johnson, he was so broke up, it was all he could do to get on the field. So you got to have some viable receiving core. So we're going to see what that's all about. I thought that was a good move. You got you a proven receiver with good hands, got good size. Okay, he could become a weapon. Now I'm not talking about the Anquan Bolden of five years ago, but does he have enough in the tank to help get this offense rolling so they can establish some sort of uh, 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 running, uh, you know, passing game and running game? I know the Lions picked up another uh, offensive lineman too. But I've been in more of a watch-and-see mode because, you know, the teams do this mm-hmm. right now. They try to develop depth or see what they're going to do. 
because a lot of times they don't know if these rookies are going to pan out right away or whatever. So they go and pick up some wily veterans, if you will, and then they just kind of let's see what's happening. It's so early now. The camps just opened up. I'm still in wait and see mode with a lot of them myself. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about some college football. Big 12 wants to expand uh, college footballs around the country, uh, uh, the, the corner, and, uh, you know, we're all excited. So we're going to talk a little Big 12 and, and, and kind of think about, you know, what are, what are the possibilities with the Big 12 expansion um, uh, when we come back here to one mic. Uh, you're here with my guy Hank, and you're here with Devon. Hi, this is Brett Bielma, the head coach of the University of Arkansas Razorbacks, and you're keeping it real with the real sports guys. Woo pig. All right, this is one Mike. You're here with my man Hank and D. Wilson. We've been talking about everything from WNBA. You even got a little reference to Trump. We've been talking about Draymond, uh, NFL, a little bit of uh, 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 training camp kind of work, and we, we've gotten into uh, some of the stuff that we saw happen in free agency and and now we want to turn our attention to college football. Fight songs are going. People getting their grills ready. It's time for you to, you know, get your dimensions all set up. So when you, when you, when you, when you, when you got everybody set up for that that pregame, yeah, uh, a meal, you ready to go. Got to make, got to get that, get get that TV out the garage that you usually put on uh, on, on the side of the uh, motorhome uh, uh, when it all comes down. You know, it's that time of year, and a lot of talk uh, with college football, everything from possibly removing kickoff from the game to uh, Big 12 expansion. Um, obviously, you know, uh, Coach Harbaugh was in the middle of it with, uh, you know, he got the rap video coming out, and uh, he's been killing them with that one, and then he, uh, then he was doing it with the satellite cam. So, you know, college football is, has been as crazy as ever as well. But we're going to start with Big 12 expansion. Um Hank, what, what's, what's your thought about this Big 12 expansion? I've been looking at this. I think there's a couple of things they got to work out. But if, if, if you were thinking about teams going to Big 12, what teams do you think would be a good fit for Big 12? Well, listen, they need to expand first and foremost if they're going to continue, in my opinion, to be a Power 5 conference. They've only got 10 teams. They don't have a conference championship game. So they need to do something. There's a lot of uh, teams that I think would make a lot of sense to expand the Big 12 uh, so that, you know, they, they can be a, a viable conference. The one name that everybody keeps bantering about as a sexy pick, obviously, is the University of Houston. It's right down there in their footprint. 
They used to be an old uh, Southwest Conference uh, uh, opponent. Uh, they've got they've got plenty of money in Houston. Okay, they've got a huge uh, um, alumni base. They'd be a perfect fit. But there's some politics that's going on uh, with Houston, with some of the other Texas schools. That's that's going to be back and forth. But I think that would be an, an excellent pick. Another pick that 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 sounds good as far as from a football perspective would be BYU, Brigham Young. Brigham Young, uh, is, is again, right there in the footprint up in up in Utah, expands the, uh, the, the, the Pac-12 a little bit further west. Uh, but Utah also has got its own little bit of problems, too, with it being a religious institution. You know, they're saying their other sports won't play on Sundays. Then what does that do? Then they're looking out east. They're looking at schools like Memphis, which I think would be an awesome pick. Because not just for football, but can you imagine Memphis against Oklahoma and hoop? You know, also Memphis in baseball. You know, uh, that's going that would be a nice, nice, sexy pick right in the heart of SEC country. You know, Tennessee right down the street. I think that would be a good one. They're also talking about Cincinnati. Cincinnati is another school. You know, puts them in Ohio, right in Big Ten country as far as recruiting. Another, another find, um, another find athletic program. But I think that if, if, if I'm the Big 12, I'm definitely looking at Houston. I'm definitely looking at Memphis, at least my first two. If you want to expand to 14, then I'm looking at uh, a Brigham Young. And then, you know, maybe a Cincinnati, although Cincinnati just don't do it for me. You know, they're also looking at one of the, the Florida schools, either Central Florida or uh, uh, South Florida, one of those two. Yeah, when I, when I think about um, I think there's a couple of issues here um, that that they got to work out. Um, so the big one interesting. I, I know Boise State was an option. I think they're going to still try to do the uh, the championship game with the fans. I think they just recently approved that, so they're at least going to have a championship game and get out of that mess right now. Um, but so if they could do BYU, and, and, and you know, as you talk about some of the uh, barriers that they're going to face um, in terms of uh, Sundays, in terms of certain sports being able to play, now that is definitely going to be an issue. Um, but somehow, you know, BYU's got to be working that out in other ways because they still play those sports. And so I think if they really want them, they'll find a way to make it work. Um, I, I like either Memphis or um, – uh, figuring out how to get Cincinnati in. I mean, Cincinnati's solid basketball um, and solid football. They've been good football-wise. Um, and, you know, sometimes joining a new conference can help other sports as well. I think the biggest problem for the uh, the Longhorn, net, Longhorn Network, that Texas yeah. is such a strong voice in there. At the end of the day, it comes down to your network. Where, you know, places like the Big Ten and some of these sports have really made it worth it to it works and have seen the benefit of having a Big Ten network for everything, not just athletics, but there's other things they do that, that give schools visibility on that network. Um, when when you can't get your biggest school because they're making too much money on that long, long, uh, the Longhorn network, something the problem is because you can't come up with a solution that doesn't include Texas being – in some ways Texas is holding them back because of that. So yeah. that's the problem, and as well as you said, um, you know, the, 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 the nervousness of having Baylor in, I mean, uh, Houston. But I think Houston might be more attractive given all the <laughs> – so I think 
whoever the second team I would have seen because of Baylor might really nix any opposition people could have to bring Houston in. Um, Boise State was one. That's a little farther, but they are established, um, and, and it's still a long trip. You know, we talk about worrying about these student-athletes, but we're way out here. I even heard UConn on it. I'm like, now we're, now we're really worried about student-athletes. <laughs> and I'm like, UConn, yeah. you know, that's, that, this is ridiculous. Um, so I, I think that's interesting. And if you could, you know, if you could sway somebody from the Atlantic, you know, could you get someone from, you know, the ACC to think about it, Miami or something like that? Could you right. get like that if they're not blocked in um, uh, to do that. Um, that? That might be interesting. So, yeah, I like getting in Florida, but I'm like, I'm like two teams that they're trying to use. Uh, but I like the idea of getting into Florida. So I, I think it's, it's going to be interesting, but I think that Longhorn Network is really a problem. And let me t- and let me add this too, because they they've got to do something because they've got to appease Oklahoma. All right, Oklahoma is mm-hmm. that school that you know could bounce, and 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 then they have yeah. already kind of off the record said that they would be interested in going to the Pac-12 or even the Big Ten. So then they would mm-hmm. take Oklahoma State with them. Now, if you can imagine yeah. a Big Ten D. With Oklahoma and Oklahoma yep. State, that first of all, that you 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 get the old pack, the old Big Eight uh, rivalry back with Nebraska and Oklahoma, which I would love to see. But uh, yeah. you know that that automatically makes uh, the Big Ten. You know they 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 rival the SEC at that point as the power, most powerful conference in college football. You get those two in there, but but they but this is why the the the, the Big Twelve has to do something. Because you have schools that's willing to bounce, and so if you don't do something to make yourself more sexier, then you got a problem.
of the the uh, the teams that um, have the privilege, um, really trying to work to make the conference work. So you see not right. that much movement. It doesn't look from the outside like you see a lot of movement from Texas because Texas has said, look, let's leverage our, 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 our you know, our Longhorn uh, network. Let's figure that out, the model we have. Let's take it to the Big 12, um, which gives you a suspicion as is Texas thinking about leaving because right. it's just that they're not, they're not thinking, and that's what people say, they're not thinking the way power teams in the Big Ten uh, were thinking. And I think even the SEC and some of these other conferences where they understood, you know, the value was in having a strong conference. Exactly. And, and you, you, you just brought up a point of why so many uh, conferences are having a hard time with Notre Dame. You'd figure Notre Dame would yeah. be a, a perfect fit, you know, a complete fit for the Big Ten, but for their network. And they're not going to give that away. Yep. They're not going to negotiate it anywhere. And so that's why you had uh, coaches like Bo Schembeck would say, the hell with Notre Dame. And see, that's what's happening with yep. Texas. But Texas is so much more powerful that and, and, and got so much more influence, especially in a conference, and that's what's causing a lot of issues. Well, y'all, we're about to come up on that time. You know what time it is. We're about to come up on that time where my guy Hank takes this show that we like, that I love, to another level. You know, the thing about Hank is, you know, he uh he uh he always um tries to 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 give us a little bit of uh uh, uh new something here and there uh uh you know with with uh uh, when he goes to inside the park, and so we we gonna let him do it. We are gonna drop this inside the park. Let Hank drop this knowledge on y'all with this baseball. This is one of our hot segments. People love it, and, and then we'll get back to to other sports talk uh, after uh, inside the park. Right. Time for a little bit of baseball, and we're going to go ahead 
and get started tonight with tonight's Inside the Park segment. And let me tell you right now, this has got to be one of the most exciting times in the baseball season. Why is it so exciting? Well, we're coming down to the dog days of the summer. We go back and we go to August 1st starting tomorrow, and at 4 o'clock we get to the end of the trade deadline. We are at that point where the words wild card becomes even more wilder. We're going into the part of the season right now where the last two months is going to be the most exciting two months of the whole season where people were so frustrated with teams, they wanted to fire managers, they wanted to get rid of that player, they wanted to get rid of this player. You have teams that were on a roll, we're going all the way. Now you can't find them. And here we are right now getting started with the second half of the season well underway, a couple of weeks in, teams trying to show where their men or their mouse, if they're buyers or they're sellers, and so it's time to play ball. We start tonight's segment, we're going to talk about what's going on right now a little bit of game action, and we see that just from today, we see that the Cleveland Indians still leading the American League Central, and they took care of the Oakland A's in the nice fashion tonight, 8 to nothing. We see that the uh, moving to the Detroit Tigers who clobbered, and I mean clobbered, the Houston, the Houston Astros this weekend, I think to the, to the tone of something like 28 to 6 or more than that, maybe some 30 runs in three ball games, just ridiculous, you know. Yeah, 28 to 6 in three games, just absolutely clobbering the Astros. We see that we got um, the, 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 the Rangers and the Royals, where the Rangers came back and beat the Royals. The Red Sox coming with five runs in the ninth inning to take out the Angels. We, and it's just more and more action, and we're just going to get right into it. First of all, we want to kind of bring you guys up to speed on what's going on with some pretty significant injuries. Uh, in the league this year, you know, we I, we just got word that Prince Fielder was going to be out uh, for the season with another back injury. Now, see, the thing is about Prince, he's been a pauper since he's been in Texas. You know, he was doing his thing in Detroit, had some uh, domestic problems. Detroit Tigers got rid of him. He goes out to Texas. He's supposed to be the man amongst men, and he hasn't gotten through a few seasons. Uh, he hasn't gotten through a complete season yet. So it's becoming a real issue right now. You got to kind of wonder about the young man's future. You know, all all trends say that he should be able to recover from this, but yet and still, you know, another year that the Rangers are without Prince. I think they learned how to do about him last year without him last year because they seem to be rolling as as the season goes on now. The big story though for this season has got to be the injury to uh, the Cy Young Award winner last year, Cy Young Award winner. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, and the, and the, when when is he going to come back? Is he going to come back? Uh, the injury is it seemed to be pretty significant, but uh, there's no timetable on bringing back the big the big lefty, and that's going to be a huge problem for the Dodgers going forward. Uh, that that could uh, prompt the Dodgers to try to make a move. I know they're, they've got names out there of players are going that they're looking at. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. But uh, the big lefty not being in that lineup for the Dodgers is really a problem. Now, I think he's been out now like for the last four weeks. Uh, dog diagnosis say he's going to be out for probably another four to six, and we're going to keep our eye on that. Our next Inside the Park segment, I will be able to give a better update on what's going on with Kershaw. And then a little closer to the Midwest, Midwest Mr. Jordan Zimmerman, who's been out since the All-Star break for the Detroit Tigers. A uh, big part of that rotation uh, spent a lot of money to get that man here in Detroit, and uh, been somewhat of a disappointment basically due to injury. Had a groin pull, had an injury to his um, to uh, his, 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 his uh, throwing shoulder. I don't think it was a 
that needed an uh, injury to, uh, I'm sorry, not to his throwing shoulder, but I know he had a groin pull. I think that's kept him out for a while. And so he's scheduled to come back in two weeks. The fact of the matter is, folks, is we've got three major players right now. All those teams are in the midst of a, of a playoff uh, move, and it's becoming real, real hairy. You just can't bring up some kid from down in AAA and say, go ahead and be a Prince Fielder, be a Clayton Kershaw, be a Jordan Zimmerman. So expect some moves from these teams if they're expecting to go a little further. So let's look at the current standings that we have right now as of July 31st. 2016 with the trade deadline less than 14 hours away. We look at uh, the American League East, in which we have the Baltimore Orioles holding a slim half-game lead over the Toronto Blue Jays and a game-and-a-half lead over the Boston Red Sox. We look at the American League Central, in which we had the Cleveland Indians still at four-and-a-half over the Detroit Tigers. The American League West, where the Texas Rangers hold a six-game lead over Houston, and Houston again got clobbered by the Tigers this week. Uh, and the Seattle Mariners uh, looking around eight games back. In the National League East, we look at the Washington Nationals with a four-game lead over the surprising and the very exciting Miami Marlins. We're going to talk about them a little bit more, too. Uh, and then last year's uh, National League uh, champions, the New York Mets, six and a half games back. We look at the surging Chicago Cubs, seven games up over the St. Louis Cardinals, and never, ever count the Cardinals out. And then the Pittsburgh Pirates. In the West, we're looking at the Giants and the Dodgers going head-to-head with the Dodgers being two games back and looking in the wings uh, at the Colorado Rockies. Now, one thing about this time of the year, we can go with those standings all season, but that's not what we're talking about. It's that time of the year where we start doing wild-card watch. Wild-card watch. We look at the National, we look at the American League, and we've got Toronto and Boston that are right now the wild would be in if the season ended today with the Detroit Tigers a game back and the Houston and the, and the Houston Astros two and a half back. Following closely behind the uh uh Seattle Mariners at four and a half games back. Now why is that so significant? Because when you look at the Mariners, they're pretty much out of it as far as the American League West is concerned. Some eight games back and Texas is surging. Okay, Texas is looking to make a couple of moves to, to close out that, that, that division. But you look at what Seattle is – what is Seattle going to do? They're kind of on the fringe right now. You look at them, they're 52 and 50, just a couple of games over 500. you got some 60 games left. Do you make a move? What can you do to get yourself over the hump? I've always contended that the Seattle Mariners could use another bat. You know, they 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 just don't score enough runs, in my opinion, to stay in it. They, you, they've got to look out there and see what bats are available. This is one of those teams where everybody's looking for pitching. This is one team I think that needs a bat. We move over to the National League, and we see the Dodgers, and again, the surging and the very exciting Miami Marlins. The Miami Marlins, folks, would be in the playoffs if the season were to end today, and they are playing some great ball, Okay. And set aside that you that you have a very fine pitching staff, a very young team. You've got John Carlos Stanton hitting the ball from South Beach all the way up to Washington D.C. somewhere. I mean, they are a very exciting team to watch. You know, they play very good baseball. They play very exciting baseball. They put a whooping on the Cardinals the other day, eleven to nothing. So this is a team that we might want to keep an eye on. Okay, speaking of those Cardinals, even though they took 
that whooping. They're only one game out of the wild card. This is a team that's always in it. You never count the Cardinals out and look for the Cardinals to do something as well. Okay? In fact, the Cardinals, I believe, already did something. If I'm not mistaken, they, they just picked up Wade Miley. I'll, I'll check on that. I'll check on that just shortly. Um, look at the New York Mets. Last year's again, National League champions, two and a half games back, and then the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Colorado Rockies down uh, down a little bit. Pittsburgh four four games out, Colorado five games out. A lot of baseball left to play. A lot of teams with a lot of optimism. The problem is, what can you do? Can you do anything? You know, and, and, and what should you do? Should you trade? I mean, should, should you sell? Should you buy? You know, let's 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 talk about that a little bit because we've already had some trades that's happened over the course of the last uh, couple of weeks. You closing in on the deadline, we see that Aroldis Chapman, that Aroldis Chapman, 105 miles an hour Aroldis Chapman, has been traded to the Chicago Cubs. The Cubs are serious this year, folks. You know, these aren't your uh, uh, laughable losers. Your lovable losers. This team means business. You know, Theo Epstein is over there, came from Boston and ended that curse. He is fully intended to live, uh, lift the curse here in, in Chicago. They've got a Rawls Chapman to close out that that the, the ninth inning for that team. That's a great move. I got Melvin Upton Jr., also known as B.J. Upton, that goes to the Toronto Blue Jays from the Arizona from the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, I'm sorry, yeah, from the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm San Diego Padres. Mark Melanson to the Nationals from the Pirates. And Matt Kemp, Matt Kemp, that Matt Kemp. You guys who listened to Inside the Park when we first got started some three, four years ago, remember how much love I had for Matt Kemp. I thought Matt Kemp should have won the MVP over uh, Ryan Braun. Okay, I won't ever forget RJ and Mike say, you know, you, I'm, we're tired of you and your Dodgers and you and your Matt Kemp. But Matt Kemp was a beast back then. My, how the mighty have fallen. My, how the mighty have fallen. Now he will, he goes, he gets injured, he goes to the Padres, and now it's from the Padres to the lowly Braves. Probably went for a bag of nickels, but that's the way baseball works sometimes. And then just recently, just before we went on the air uh, today, Andrew Miller, was just traded from the Yankees to the Cleveland Indians to close out that pitching staff. Now, that's probably one of the better pitching staffs in baseball. They're number three in runs scored in the whole league. So that's a great move for the Indians. The question has to be, is is this team for real? Well, you say over 105 games, that should show that they're very for real. So down the stretch, it looks like the Indians are looking to try to really close this out. The Indians also made a play to the Milwaukee Brewers to get Jonathan Lucroy. Jan Gomes, their, their, the, the Indians' uh, catcher, got very seriously injured, could be out for the season. We don't know, uh, but his injury is significant. And so they made, a, they made a play to get Jonathan Lucroy from the Milwaukee Brewers. Lucroy has a, has a where he can uh, deny a trade to a team, okay, he can block a trade to a team. This is a man who plays for the Milwaukee Brewers. They're not going anywhere. Blocked a trade to go to the Central Division leading Indians. Uh, and so now that trade has been that, that trade has been knocked off. Looks like the Texas Rangers are now trying to jump in on, on that play and get in play for that. Now what cracks me up about this, and me and Dee was talking about this off air, is the fact that, okay, you're with the Milwaukee Brewers. Unless they're really giving you 
a discount on the beer. What you staying for? You got an opportunity to play real baseball for the rest of the season. What are you doing? And you got all the baseball partners that, oh, he's made a grave error. He's made a mistake. But I say, hold on, pump your brakes a little bit. Think about this if you're Jonathan Lucroy, okay? Fellas always say that, you know, I, I just I just go out and play. I, I don't hear and I don't read. You and you got Twitter, you got Instagram, you got Facebook. You know what teams want you. You know what teams want you. Don't sit here and act like you don't know, okay? So do I go and play in Cleveland? But do I, if I got a chance to play in Texas, do I got a chance to play in Los Angeles? Do I got a chance to play in Toronto, Boston? Let me think about this a minute, okay? Who else is out there that might want to trade for me? Do I want to go, okay? This is what I think this is all about. Now, I think that depending upon upon what's being offered, I think that, that Milwaukee, if they're wise, because there was there was a pretty a lofty deal with some pretty nice prospects. You look at the Cleveland um, farm system; they got some nice prospects down there. That would have been a nice deal for Milwaukee. Okay, so now as before we go in there, I see that Texas is going to play for Lucroy. So that's going to be a real interesting, real interesting uh, uh, scenario. See how that that plays out. I'm going to tell you what I think a little bit later in the show. But let's look at this buy or sell thing, okay? We this, this is that time of the year. Teams get right past the halfway point. Do they think they can make a run? Or does it look like, okay, it's a wrap. It's time to start to sell off some of these assets, try to get us some prospects, and let's make a go for next year. And let's look at some of these teams. Surprisingly, on the top of my list is last year's World Series champions, the Kansas City Royals. The Kansas City Royals, if it wasn't for the Minnesota Twins, would be in last place in the American League Central. This is a team that's gone to the World Series the last two years and won it last year. But it shouldn't be too too much of a surprise that they try to ramp it up for a third year. So now, do they have any pieces when you look at this team? Do they think they can make a run next year? And if so, who is there going to be their renter player for some team out there? Well, if you look, the the read the tea leaves, a lot of, a lot of people are talking about pitcher Wade Davis. Okay, left-handed pitcher out there that could help a lot of these teams out there that's that is uh, that's vying for a playoff spot. Davis went on 15-day disabled list today, but that should not, you know, hurt anybody or scare anybody away from him. He'd be a valuable asset to some team that's looking for pitching help. Of course, now he's not going to come cheap. Kansas City is going to look to try to contend next year. So a team is either going to have to give away maybe a front-line player and someone from their farm system. Then you look at the New York Yankees. Now, the Yankees are technically still in it. Uh, but they've already started selling off players. You know, they, they signed Araldus Chapman's only only to trade him away. They've also gotten rid of Andrew Miller, okay? And now there is talk about uh, even Carlos Beltran is on the trading block. So that's going to be very interesting to see what goes on with the Yankees. But the Yankees are trying to do what the Yankees did in the past, and that is I think that they've realized that they cannot – just buy them way to a championship. They're going to have to get some homegrown players like your Derek Jesus, like your Jorge Fasadas, and get some of those guys and bring them up and let them be Yankees for life and see what happens and see if they can't rekindle some of that Bronx magic. Then you look at the Chicago White Sox. Started off strong. Looked like they were going to run away with everything. And then the wheels fell off. 
You remember how they, they started the season, the White Sox, the whole Adam LaRose fiasco, you know, where he retired because he couldn't have his son in the dugout. So now, they, again, this is another team that's, that's up and down, up and down. Meanwhile, you got a couple teams in the Central that's run away with it, teams in the East that's starting to find their way, and now the wheels are falling off of the White Sox. Do they have pieces to sell off? Well, of course. Their biggest, their biggest trading chip, Chris Sale. Chris Sale could come cheap to a team, very young, and and got a three-year deal under twelve million dollars. He would be uh, four million dollars. I'm sorry, twelve million dollars, and he would be uh, a steal for some team. Where players is demanding twenty-one, twenty-two million dollars, he would be a steal for some team. Then you look at a team where I don't even know how the manager is still the manager, and not the Anaheim Angels. The Anaheim Angels, another team that that, that uh, was a playoff team last year, and now they're in last place in the West. Mike Sosha must have uh, I don't know a Lucky Charms uh, elf in his in his locker or something because with all the talent that this team should be contending every year, you got one of the best players in the league. You got a Hall of Famer, albeit an old one, in uh, Pujols. Okay, I don't believe that they're looking to sell is Jared Weaver available. Do you go after a Jared Weaver, and how much would a Jared Weaver cost you as far as prospects are concerned? Then you look again at other teams like the Tampa Bay Rays, another last-place team, lost their manager, lost a bunch of um, talent off that team. Chris Archer, the young pitcher, okay, his name has been bantered about, okay, that could go somewhere. Maybe to the Dodgers. As we talked about Kershaw being hurt, he would be a perfect fit there. Do Do the Dodgers have pieces to give away? Oh, you betcha. They have penny pieces that they could give to the Rays at a, on a cheap, even from their farm system. You don't even need to get some front-line players for that. But I, I believe that for a, a, a Chris Archer, it's going, to cost, it's going to cost a pretty penny. We talked about the Brewers. We talked about Jonathan Lucroy. But what about Ryan Braun? There's a bat. You know, what about – how would he look in a Seattle Mariners uniform? Jay Bruce's name with the Cincinnati Braves have been uh, bantered about as moving here and there, okay, as, as, as a trading chip. Look at the Colorado Rockies. What about Nolan Arenado and Carlos Gonzalez? Now, people will tell you that, oh, but Colorado's playing great right now. It's a pipe dream. Colorado's not going to win nothing as long as they're in Colorado. Unless they go and come up with three Hall of Fame pitchers to play in Coors Field, it's a wrap. And then all the money that was spent moving on to another team, the Arizona Diamondbacks, all the money that was spent to bring Jack – Zach Grinke there, and that team is dead last with the ugliest uniforms in the league. I said that last week. I said it again. So you, so do, what do you do with Grinke? Okay, do you do you keep Grinke? Do you do you figure out a deal where somebody can take up some of his contract? What about Paul Goldschmidt? Do you start over? I mean, you spend a lot of money this off season. So now you're sitting here in the last place in the West, and you don't, you're not even close. You're not even close to the Rockies. So, you know, there's, there's got to be some shake-up there with the Diamondbacks. And I'm thinking they should sell some of these pieces and try to start over again. So let's, let's, let's move on to all of these trades, all of these names. You know, once upon a time I did a segment where I said, I told you so, or I eat crow bold prediction of the trade deadline. So I'm going to bring that back for tonight. I, I told you so, or I eat crow bold prediction. And this is my bold prediction. My bold prediction is that Chris Archer, the young pitcher from the Tampa Bay Rays, gets traded to the Los Angeles Dodgers. 
That's my I told you so or I eat crow bowl prediction. So we will find out what happens in a couple of weeks, and I will tell you that if I told you so or I eat crow, call, call. So a few more interests. So, we'll, again, we'll keep on looking for what's going on with the LaCroix saga. A few more miscellaneous things I want to bring up before we close our segment on tonight. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Chris Sale. Chris Sale got suspended five games from the Chicago White Sox because uh, he cut up some uniforms, throwback uniforms that the team was going to play wear against the Detroit Tigers. Now, if you guys remember back in the, or if you've seen some of the throwback uniforms some of these teams wear, the Chicago White Sox had these dark blue uh, uniforms uh, back in the early, late, late 70s, okay, I want to say, uh, with they had the collared shirts, and they actually wore shorts on them with them at one time. So these were the uniforms. They weren't going to wear the shorts, but these were the uniforms they were going to wear. Chris Sale raised so much hell about it that he went in and took some scissors and cut up all the uniforms, not just his uniforms, all the uniforms, okay, got suspended. First thing you got to ask, what's wrong with Chris Sale? We just got through talking about Draymond Green. What's wrong with Chris Sale? You know, can you imagine if you want to trade for Chris Sale, and you're trying to play a, uh, in, in, in a, a game to try to get to the playoffs, and all of a sudden he just loses his mind, starts cutting up stuff. Oh my God, really, really? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe they should send him to Joanne Fabrics, let him make his own uniform. Moving on, Ichiro, Ichiro Suzuki in this chase for 3,000 hits. At the, and when we went on today, he had 2,998, and ain't got a hit in a week. You know, I think it's something about these things that kind of get these guys just all fired up and everything. But Ichiro looking for his 3,000 hits, you know, obviously one of the most um, successful Japanese players uh, in, in, in Major League Baseball. You know, here's the congratulations to him early. Big Poppy's final season. Big Poppy, if he played like this, he might want to play another two years. Big Poppy is getting it in. Big Poppy is not just a farewell tour for him. He is actually having an amazing season. He's up there in the league leaders in batting average and hits. He is doing a job. So, you know, Big Poppy, a quick shout-out to him. And Mike Piazza and Ken Griffey Jr. were inducted into the Hall of Fame this week. Two fine players had an opportunity to watch them play. The kid was bad. When he used to play in Seattle, had an opportunity to watch him play when he was in Detroit. He was very fun to watch, had one of the sweetest swings for a left-handed hitter you want to see. And now we're going to move on to the Grand Slam Series of the Week. Now, there's some great baseball to watch out there, folks, some awesome baseball to watch. Okay, you don't have to be your home team, but there are some teams out there that's fighting for playoff spots. Then you're going to see some teams with some new looks as we go past the trade deadline, and you're going to want to have an opportunity to see them. You know, I could say you can watch two of the five teams, a preview of a future, and maybe even this year, National League Championship Series. The Miami uh, Marlins are playing the Chicago Cubs, and that's going to be a, a fun series of watching two young teams, two very talented teams. You could also say the Texas Rangers and the Baltimore Orioles. There you're talking about two teams that are vying for playoff position right around the top of their, their divisions, and that would be a nice one. But my Grand Slam series of the week has got to be the San Francisco Giants against the Washington Nationals. They just completed a series uh, in San Francisco this year, and they're playing next weekend. But the marquee game has got to be Madison Baumgartner 
against uh, Steven Strasburg on August 7th. You can't miss that one. That's going to be a good one. It's going to, for you, for you folks who love the art of pitching, you got to check that one out. But I can't give you the Grand Slam series of the week unless I give you the swing and a miss series of the week as well. This is for those folks who don't, who are, who have teams that only a mother can love. But you ain't got nothing to do on a Tuesday night, so you go out and get a ticket that you got at your local McDonald's somewhere to say buy a Coke, we'll give you a free ticket to the ball game. So would you talking about that? If you want to go out and do that, that's Minnesota Twins against the Tampa Bay Rays. Okay, by the time they start playing, they probably won't have any players left. They'll probably be calling up me and D to come play the outfield. So you might want to come and check us out in our major league debut. So that's that's inside the park for this week. I'm telling you right now, we are going into an awesome August and going to turn into a super September. Keep watching and and and, and play ball, everybody. Good night and drive home safe.
that Terrell Pryor is playing receiver. He's working at receiver for the Cleveland Browns. And they said he made a spectacular catch, I believe, today. It looking good at receiver. Did, did, did you think that you would hear Terrell Pryor again? Yeah, I thought I would hear it again. I thought I'd hear his voice mm-hmm. when, he, when he would ask me, do you want fries with that? But the fact that he's still in the league, I am surprised about that. It's an incredible headline. It's something to watch if you guys are, uh, you know, NFL TV is doing a great job and giving some of these training camps. But saw that in the headlines. I'm going to try and keep an eye on that to see what happens with them. It could be a steal. That could be a hookup between, you know, Robert Griffin and Terrell Pryor. You know, things you can do with him because he has quarterback ability. You know, you know, Hugh Jackson is afraid to – Run some trick plays with somebody throwing the ball. So the other, this other headline, man, now this is called, like a lot of times when I'm, I'm talking to a lot of my friends and, and I reflect on myself when I try to make decisions, the thing I always say, is it fool's gold? Is it too good to be true? And whether it's you thinking about a job, you thinking about another move, or for a student I'm working with is thinking about something, you know, really taking what I call the fool gold analysis. And I'm thinking that TNT should have done this. Barkley is going to be hosting a show focused on race, class, and culture called Race Cards. Mm. That sounds like a collision that's going to happen. You know, there, there, yeah. sometimes we get people to air, and we don't understand these issues are are, are much deeper. I'm not love against Barkley. Love Charles. Love when he offers his opinion. But when you talk about a, a, something like this, you need somebody with a little different background and experience to navigate these these issues. And so he's going to be working with experts. He's going to be testing this stuff out for TNT, uh, you know, testing it out. And the show is going to be kicking off, I think, in 217. But it just seems like something that could create some crazy headlines. I don't, this isn't something that I think Charles can navigate easily. And so it's going to be interesting to, to, to hear that. Or race cars, okay? race right. cars. I mean, it sounds like some people are just trying to make some money because they want to really see. That's always what it is, and, and it gets kind of scary because all of a sudden they start spouting some opinions that may not be necessarily true to mainstream people that's living that. And so, he, especially when you're like a Charles Barkley, and you don't, in some cases, forgot where you came from, you better, might want to be careful with that. I mean, the prime example is his recent comments about black folks need cops. His his basic premise is right. We need law and order. Like we need safety. But it has not. But it's deeper when you're talking about these issues that are happening in the streets. And so he simplifies it in ways that, to me, is it can be dangerous sometimes. But now he got a whole show. We'll see how that goes. Right. And this is well, the this, because this he, is he the makes cap. enough noise to get his own show. Yeah, and, and, but he's got to be able to sit back and say, that's fool's goal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's got to be able to take a step back. Like, you got to take it just because it gave it to you. Right. Right? And to me, that's the problem. It's not TNT is doing what you expect them to do. Turner is doing what you expect them to do. It's for Charles to take a step back and say, you know what? This is not a good move. Or I'd like to be a part of this, but I, I'd like to do something a little broader I like to get somebody. Maybe I like to get somebody like a Bamani Jones to be with me on this, or somebody in another space. Somebody who you know, get a Dan Levitard who you banging heads with, you know, but who could really get into these issues in and out. But do something different 
but you can be a part of it. But we'll see how that goes. Now, this one right. is a kicker. Manziel says he wants to play for the Cowboys. He said to TMZ as he was coming out from a party, a party celebrating Josh Gordon's return to the NFL. He shouldn't have been partying in the first place, but he was partying. Do you think Jerry will do it? If it's going to sell tickets, he'll do it. See, one thing about Jerry <laughs> Jones, he's about trying to make some money. If the kid don't play it down, but he sells tickets because he's on the team, he'll do it. You know that. And the, the crazy thing about this is, you know, I went by the Cowboys headquarters that they're trying to build that cost more than uh, uh, the, the stadium that they got. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to do it. Well, yeah. hey, we got, we got, if we he can sign Hardy. Yes. If he can sign, if he can sign Hardy, he'll sign Manziel. Well, we'll we're going to be watching that one closely. Well, we're coming mm-hmm. down here down the stretch, and we're going to drop the mic. You have already dropped the mic on um, uh, on, on inside the park segment, but we're gonna, we're going to let you take sixty seconds here to drop the mic for the show. Hank, drop the mic. Okay, listen, folks. Uh, we we've got a lot of stuff going on on this planet in this country. You know, I want us to get back to where we cheer for the colors on the jersey where we cheer after the competition is over and we say good game and we move on. Because, see, we're all on the same team, regardless of what jersey we were born in. We're all on the same team. And after it's all said and done, we should be able to look at each other, shake each other's hands, pat each other on the back, and say to one another, good game. Couldn't say it better than that. Hey, it's one Mike. Thank y'all for being here with us. Till next time. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.